Girlfriends, episode number 151. Have your best Advent ever. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're going to talk about Advent and how to have the best one you've ever had. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends. Good early Monday morning. How are you? It may not be early Monday morning where you are, but it is here. And I am so happy that you are joining me for this newest episode of the Girlfriends podcast. You know what? Times like Advent, this is when we really need to stick together. This is when we women need to be talking truth to each other and reminding each other of what's truly important because we are about to dive in. But before we get to this week's topic, which is Advent, because we're right here at the beginning of Advent, just a few days in by the time you're listening to this, most likely. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk about uh, You Are Enough. I just want to mention briefly some things going on with my book, You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth. We've talked quite a bit about the book here, and I recently told you to Order your copy at ascensionpress.com. Well, they've since run out of copies because they shipped all of their last copies to Amazon who placed a big order. So I'm going to reverse my advice to you. If you are looking to get a copy of You Are Enough right now, know that it's out for its second printing with Ascension Press. So ascensionpress.com will have more copies in the coming weeks. But for now, they don't have copies and they're not shipping copies. So if you want to get a copy for Christmas, if you want to buy one as a gift, um, if you want one for yourself for the Christmas season, you need to shop at Amazon. And I'll have the link in the show notes to that for sure. But I want to thank all of you for your interest in the book. For those of you who are not familiar with the book's content, just briefly, I'll tell you that it looks at women in the Old Testament, the stories of women in the Old Testament, and what we can find out about God's unique love for women, God's unique love for you individually, and God's unique calling for you individually based on those stories that we read in the Old Testament. Some of them familiar, some of them not so familiar, some of them major characters, some of them minor characters. I really enjoyed going through the Old Testament and choosing which characters to include in you are enough. And I hope you'll enjoy it too. And I want to thank everyone who's been supporting me with the book's launch. I want to thank people who've already ordered their copies, left their reviews at Amazon. Those are so meaningful, so valuable. I'm grateful to you forever if you're able to go over to Amazon and just leave a review for You Are Enough if you've enjoyed the book. Also, I just want to briefly mention the retreat that I have designed around the content of You Are Enough. I've had quite a bit of interest in that. So if you're interested in finding out more about the Women's Day Retreat, it's really a half day. It's designed to be four to five hours long and completely customizable to your group's needs and preferences. If you're interested in finding out more about having me possibly come to your community, your women's group, your parish, your diocese, your own hometown, if you're interested in finding out more about that, you can go to daniellebean.com forward slash retreat. You can find information there about You Are Enough Retreat, my previous You Are Worth It Retreat, also the Advent-themed retreat, which it's a little late for this year, but might want to keep it in mind for the future. Again, that's daniellebean.com forward slash retreat. Um, if you're interested in just having me come speak to your parish or your group, you can go to daniellebean.com forward slash speaking and get all the information that you need about that. I would love to come to your hometown and meet you and your girlfriends in real life. All right, but let's get to this week's topic, which is Advent. 
Sometimes this time of year, I have like a pit in my stomach. Are you feeling that way? Even if you've gotten a lot done already or you have a great organizational plan, even in those years, I sometimes have an uneasy feeling at the start of Advent because I don't feel quite ready to do everything perfectly. That's going to be the first tip that I'm going to share with you. I've got a few different, let me see, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. I've got five different points I want to share with you today for some ways to make this your best Advent ever. And notice I didn't say perfect because that actually is my number one tip is know, first of all, that it's not going to be perfect. And I know, you already know this, right? I know it, you know it, we know life isn't perfect. Things mess up, things happen, stuff we never planned for goes on. Uh, But we need to remind each other of it because we still, I know I still do it, kind of build things up in our minds and set these lofty goals, which is great. I think I'm a big fan of lofty goals and I'm a big fan of high ideals. I'm a big fan of those things. But just keeping in mind as you are setting your lofty goals and keeping in mind your high ideals, keep in mind too that life happens stuff gets messed up, just remind yourself of that because it's so easy to forget and it's so easy to get caught up and start thinking about how you're going to control everything and it's all going to come out perfectly. So give up those ideas of perfection for sure. You know, set whatever goals you want to set for your advent or your organization going into the Christmas season. Um, But instead of setting a goal of perfection, I want to encourage you today that for the Advent season, going into Advent, rather than thinking, I'm going to have all my shopping and wrapping done by this date. Maybe yours is already done. Uh, Well, (laughs) I was going to say something mean. (laughs) I'm not going to say something mean. But um, if you're that kind of person, good for you. And I am so happy for you. And that gives you all the more opportunity to have a peaceful Advent that is truly focused on what we're supposed to be focused on during the Advent season. If you don't have all your shopping and wrapping done, join the club. (laughs) I've gotten a little bit done, but I am not there. And I'm trying to be at peace with that. And that's part of what I'm talking about here, knowing that it's not all going to come out perfectly. And instead of setting a goal of growing in perfection or reaching an ideal, um, having, you know, a, a certain kind of party and having it go off perfectly and whatever, you know, your goals might be those kinds of more secular goals. I want to ask you, encourage you to think about setting a spiritual goal, set a goal of growing in holiness this Advent season. For you personally, you personally, set a goal for yourself to grow in holiness this Advent season. If you do that, it will be your best Advent ever. Just redefine what best Advent ever means. You know, we've taken this holy season of Advent and turned it into something, and our culture does not help, I know, uh, we've turned it into something it was never meant to be, right? The, this this consumer-focused kind of crazy culture where we're celebrating Christmas before it's even Christmas. I totally get that some of that's just going to go on. I used to fight it. I used to be like a, a liturgical Nazi and uh, not let people <laughs> sing Christmas carols or put up their trees or whatever before December 25th or the evening of December 24th. Okay. Um, well, if, if that's you, that's good too. I mean, <laughs> do your thing. But at the same time, just know that it's not all going to come out perfectly, all that secular stuff. And don't let yourself get sucked into what our culture wants you to be focused on. Set your own focus for this Advent season, for the coming days, for the coming weeks, for the coming evenings. What are you going to be spending your time focused on? 
set a spiritual goal. And even if it's just something as vague and as general as growing in holiness, bring that goal to your prayer time. Ask God how he wants you individually to grow in holiness this Advent season. Ask God how you can help guide your family, guide your spouse, your husband, your kids, your mom and dad, your in-laws. Ask him how he wants you to guide those people to grow in holiness this Advent season. And then pray for the grace to do it. I mean, I think that that actually, that practice right there of bringing your goals to God and asking him to help you figure out what they should be, and then asking for the grace to accomplish them, I find so much peace in that practice. And this is not a season where many of us are experiencing a whole lot of peace. There's so much going on. There's such a frenzy. But at the same time, this is an opportunity for us to decide what we're going to focus on. Sure, all that other stuff's going to go on, but you can have a peace in your heart and in your mind and in your soul if you have your inner focus in the right place. You know, we've talked before about Mary and Martha in the New Testament, right? The gospel story of Mary and Martha. And what I always love about that, that, you know, we can both relate to Mary and Martha, especially during the Advent season. We feel like we're supposed to be Mary, but the world and our families and our kids and schools and churches and, you know, everything that we're obliged to do is calling us to be a Martha this time of year. But I always love that image of Mary sitting at Jesus's feet and just intently focused on him, listening to every word that he might say to her, just being present and acknowledging his presence. But we can do that even in our craziest, busiest seasons, even in the crazy weeks that are going to come ahead. We can sit at Jesus's feet inside of our own hearts and minds, no matter how busy we are interiorly, we can cultivate that practice of sitting at Jesus's feet give up that idea of perfection, ask Jesus to show you the ways in which you can sit at his feet and acknowledge his presence in you. Sit at his feet this Advent season and just acknowledge him and do that interiorly. And I find that the more I try to practice that, the more I cultivate that habit of reminding myself, Jesus is here. He's present with me. I want to be focused on him. Even if your body's busy, even if you're being distracted by a bunch of different things, that brings such a level of peace. And it brings a level of peace when it doesn't all come out perfect because you've got, you've got your priorities in order. That's not the most important thing. So that thing fell through. That didn't work out the way you planned. Whatever it is, it's okay. We've got Jesus. So I want to encourage you to set a spiritual goal. Set the goal of growing in holiness, whatever that might mean for you. It's going to look different for everybody. But whatever that might mean for you, I want to encourage you to set that as a goal rather than perfection. When you find yourself tempted toward those thoughts, those ideas of perfection, I know I used to do this. I don't really w read women's magazines anymore, but I used to. Um, and, and not like, you know, the really trashy ones, but like Woman's Day and Good Housekeeping. And I would read their Christmas issue and just get all these ideas for these homemaking things that I wanted to do, like perfect gingerbread houses and all these recipes and decorating and and I, th I still love that stuff. And I still think it's great to like look through those magazines and see those ideas. Um, but just as you're feeling yourself tempted toward those things, temper it a little bit with the idea that my actual goal this Advent season is not that perfection. My actual goal is to grow in holiness this Advent season. So I want to encourage you to focus on that a little bit. All right. The second thing, which is related, that I want to mention is add something spiritual to your daily routine. Consider a way 
to do that. I mean, Advent, and I just we just had some um, priests that were visiting this past weekend, and um, one of them I hadn't met before, and I was talking to him about his his background and his family and his upbringing, and we started talking about Advent, and he's like, "Where's your Advent wreath?" And it it wasn't Advent yet when I was talking to him, um, so I was like, "I have no idea," <laughs> and um, he thought that was funny because he was you know remembering how his own mom had her own Advent traditions and would sometimes. Uh, not always follow through with them. But he was reminding me, and I we talked about this recently, that Advent is a mini Lent and that it's an opportunity to add something spiritual, even something sacrificial to your daily routines. Um, but adding something spiritual, it might be giving something up like um, not drinking alcohol during the season of Advent. I, that would be really hard, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, uh, because there's so many different events and parties. But yeah, I mean, that would be a great goal to have. Uh, maybe watching less media, maybe using your phone less, maybe having a clock out time on your phone, a time in the day when you put your phone away. Um, that can encourage a more spiritual theme to your Advent season. So, But then think about how you might add some prayer to your day. Add, adding prayer in the morning, if you don't already pray in the morning, adding to your grace before meals. This is an easy one to do as a family. Maybe there's um, a certain scripture passage that you want to read and reflect on together um, before your meals. You know, if you're already praying before you have dinner together, um, that's a great opportunity to add a little bit more prayer. Or if you're already doing bedtime prayers, think of a way that you might add something different, maybe a novena. Uh, maybe some kind of a spiritual reading, reading from the lives of the saints. Maybe if you're a singing kind of family, you might sing a hymn together. That's a beautiful way to um, observe the season of Advent together. There are lots of different Advent um, Advent themed hymns that don't have to go all Christmas already. <laughs> um, actually, I, that's just reminding me now as I'm saying that, that I think last year it was I shared an Advent playlist on Spotify. And I'm going to look that up and um, get that into the show notes for you, because it really was actually a beautiful way for me to add some music to my Advent season last year. And it's a nice thing to do if you don't already have a, a ready to go playlist um, that's Advent themed, this might be a great thing for you to be able to um, add to your Spotify or wherever you listen to music. But um, I like using Spotify because it's easy to share. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, adding some music to your daily routine. Maybe you don't usually play music in the house when you're um, cleaning up in the kitchen after dinner or um, whatever it is. Great opportunity to do that and kind of set an Advent theme. Um, maybe uh, this is such an easy thing to do, but I find it sets such a tone of prayer. Maybe during your, your prayer time, you might light a candle. How simple is it to light a candle? And yet it makes everything feel more sacred. It sets sort of a quiet, peaceful tone to what you're doing together as a family or even just you personally. You know, look for a habit that you can add to your daily routine in the coming weeks to add something spiritual to what you're doing every day. And, um, you know, really just focus on a spiritual goal. You make it something super small and doable. You'll be so glad that you did it. Okay, so looking at Advent as a mini Lent and looking to add something spiritual to your daily routine. The third thing that I want to suggest that you do to have your best Advent ever is add something fun to your daily routine. Add something fun. That's easy to do this season because there's so much fun going on. But something that you might choose that might be extra meaningful, 
um, something different, something that might get your kids' attention, get your attention, get your husband's attention a little bit. Maybe plan an outing. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything that costs money. I absolutely love this time of year. You know, find a place, some of these crazy neighborhoods, and you might have one near you or a business that goes all out with decorating with the lights for Christmas. And this is a great free opportunity for entertainment. So maybe plan an outing like one evening that you might just drive over and look at lights in a particular neighborhood that has a lot or just driving through your own neighborhood and seeing the lights at night. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm sure you have something near you or maybe uh, planning to go visit a shrine. So many shrines and you know what? I look online and find out what shrines are near you because this is such a thing in our country that I think most people don't even know that many shrines exist and some of them are really actually quite close to you, dedicated to various saints and um, or Our Lady in different ways. And they oftentimes will have great displays of lights. They sometimes will have special prayer events, um, concerts, that kind of thing. Look up what's available near you. Look for something special like that. And I did, I mentioned a concert. A lot of parishes, a lot of schools uh, will have a concert this time of year. Um, maybe there's a lesson in carols that's going to be going on near you. What a beautiful, beautiful event that can be um, if you go to a parish that has a special evening where they're going to be doing lessons in carols where they're like reading scripture and um, singing different Christmas carols. It's absolutely a beautiful thing. So if you have that near you, see what's available. Maybe even going to see the Nutcracker. It doesn't have to be all Jesus-focused, but just kind of setting the season apart and spending time together as a family, even um, even if it was just you and one or two of your kids who are able to go. You don't have to go to some big production of the Nutcracker that's going to be super expensive and extravagant. Awesome if you can. That would be a lot of fun. But you know, a lot of schools, a lot of smaller schools, dance schools and whatnot put on productions this time of year. And it could be fun to go and check out together or add something um, from the liturgical year to your celebrations. There are so many feasts <laughs> inside of Advent. It's kind of crazy. Um, some years I've tried to celebrate all of them and I ended up getting burned out. So choose Choose the ones that you want to. I mean, some just some examples. Of course, St. Nicholas is on December 6th and St. Lucy, Our Lady of Guadalupe, St. Juan Diego. I mean, all of these are opportunities to just do something fun together. And if you aren't sure what that something fun might be, just Google whatever the feast day is and just like liturgical year activities or crafts or recipes there's so much stuff out there. There's so much that it's very overwhelming if you try to do it all. But just pick and choose which ones you want to do. Pick one that your family hasn't done before. You might look into, um, this is something my family hasn't done in a while, and maybe I want to do it this year, although my big kids won't quite be back from school yet. Um, St. Lucy, um, we used to have uh, this great recipe for this St. Lucy's crown bread, which is like a yeast bread, but it's like a sweet bread. Um, it has like an orange flavoring to it and you drizzle frosting on it and put candles on it. So it's like St. Lucy's crown and just a, you know, a fun bread to make. That's actually quite 
easy to make. I know I said it's a yeast bread and some of you just crossed it off the list because of that, but it's super easy. Um, and uh, so that's a great recipe that we used to make every year. And just in the afternoon, just kind of have an, a little tea party where everyone gets a cup of tea or cocoa or whatever, and we eat the bread together. Totally fun. And it's something that's um, easy to do with little kids. And it doesn't have to be super formal or fancy, but it makes it fun. And it kind of sets the season apart a little bit. So it, for you, it doesn't have to be a St. Lucie tea, but it might be something along those lines that you and your family might enjoy. Adding something fun to your daily routine. I know we're busy and the last thing we want to do is add one more thing. But if you're looking ahead and planning something that's going to be meaningful and, you know, just add that little bit of fun, something that you choose that's going to be meaningful for you and your family, especially if it's something that brings you some joy, that inserts some joy or or some level of peace or quiet or focus or family togetherness, all of those positive things. And not all of them are incredibly deeply spiritual. That's OK, because, you know, what? I think sometimes in planning out our Advents, we do get so focused on must be these great spiritual goals. And we kind of set aside all of these other things um, or consider them less important. But, you know, we're we're spiritual creatures, but we're also physical creatures. We have a need for rest and quiet and relaxation and fun times to connect with our family in just a very basic non-spiritual or non-overtly spiritual way. So, Allow yourself that and make a plan right now for something that you can do that will be simple and just set the season apart a little bit in a fun way. Add some fun to your routine during the season of Advent. All right. The fourth idea I want to share with you is plan a gift for Jesus. Now, this is something that, you know, is kind of a thought that I've always loved. Do you know the little activity, right, where you get a little manger bed, whatever it looks like, little pieces of yarn or straw or hay, and you set those in a different place. And then if you have young children, you can encourage them that as they go throughout the season of Advent, if they do something extra nice for someone, if they make a sacrifice for Jesus, if... Um, anything like that, some small thing that they might be doing for Jesus, they're allowed to take a piece of hay and place it in the manger. And I love this little activity because it is a physical expression of a spiritual truth that those things that we do, those small acts of love that we might do out of love for Jesus are a great comfort to him. It's a gift that we can give to him. And in a very real way, we're preparing our hearts to be a place that will receive him during the season of Christmas. So I love that activity. And I've always loved doing it with little kids in my house. Um, but even if you're not setting up a manger bed and actually doing that activity, have in mind that idea that the season of Advent is supposed to be a time of preparation, a time of preparing your heart for Jesus preparing a comfortable place for him to come, for him to enter in. Make your heart that kind of thing. And think about ways that you might prepare a gift for Jesus. And it doesn't have to be something enormous, but think about what your gift for Jesus will be this year. I just want to encourage you to think about that. Maybe pray about it. Maybe it's going to be a particular charitable act. Maybe um, giving a gift that you hadn't intended to give maybe giving to a charitable organization that you hadn't intended to support, um, maybe giving out of your comfort a little bit, 
giving up some of your comfort in some way. Um, it might be an act of kindness to somebody that you're inspired to do. You know, ask Jesus what he wants you to do, what gift he would like from you this Advent season. It also might be, and this is hard, this is hard to think about, it might be forgiving somebody. I want to encourage you to spend some time in prayer this Advent and thinking about the past year, what's happened in your life and in your relationships since last Advent, and the ways in which Jesus might be asking you as a gift to him out of love for him to let go of something, let go of something that hurt you, forgive somebody who hurt you. He might be asking for that gift from you. And what a beautiful gift to be able to give someone. And it might be you forgiving someone. It might be you asking for forgiveness from someone. It might be both of those things. More often than not, we need to do both of those things in situations where we've been hurt or we've hurt other people, where there's been wounding of one another. Most often it's both of those things, but maybe Jesus is calling you and asking you for that gift this Advent season. I want to encourage you to think about that and to pray about that. What's gone on in the last year? What's something that you can let go of out of love for Jesus? And then along the lines of forgiveness, maybe, maybe Jesus is asking you to get your butt into the confessional. <laughs> Might just be definitely um, a a good practice to get yourself to confession during the season of Advent, even if it's only been a little time since your last confession, especially if it's been a long time since your last confession. There are so many opportunities to go to confession. Many parishes will have Advent services um, for confession this time of year. Great opportunity if you're feeling skittish and you're afraid of going to your own parish priest. If you really want that anonymity, great way to do it because they'll have like six or seven priests set up at one of these Advent penance services and you can get in line with a priest who doesn't know you and feel comfortable doing that. Um, I know our parish priest offers at least a couple of different times on uh, Sunday afternoons and on a couple of weeknights where he does some extra confession times. Great opportunity to get yourself, get your spouse, get your kids into confession that might be the gift that you are going to give Jesus and yourself this Advent season. So think about that. Which of those things, what thing is it going to be? And bring it to prayer. Ask Jesus what he might be asking for from you this year, because he won't fail to tell you. All right. Last one. Let go of control. This is bringing us full circle because it's bringing us that back to that idea of perfection. But I find that oftentimes... That's where I get derailed in my approach to Advent is I can get caught up in that idea that I can and should control all the things. And you lose a lot of your joy in trying to hold on to that illusion of control because let's not kid ourselves. It's an illusion. We're not in control of anything. But as the moms and as the wives and as the homemakers, we can feel like it all lays on us and we are kind of like running an orchestra here, right? Um, conducting and everything. I mean, for sure, there's some truth to that. The fact that a lot of the organization falls on us and a lot of the actual impl implementation of our plans falls on us. But at the same time, let's remember that God is in control and remember 
like not to make ourselves into these mini gods of Christmas. I must create Christmas for my family during this Advent season. It makes you miserable. It makes everyone miserable. So let go of that idea that you need to be in control. Because honestly, there's nothing more suffocating to your family than when you need to be in control. And you close yourself off to opportunities for little joys that God might have planned for you in impromptu things, in spontaneous moments. If you're trying to control every moment of your calendar, if you're trying to control all of the organization, I do this in a bad way sometimes. I just had this conversation with Dan, my husband, the other day because I have been um, trying to be prepared and get some shopping done ahead of time. And I always keep a Google Doc. It's a list of everyone we're buying gifts for, um, ideas in one spot, and then things I've actually bought in the other spot. And, um, you know, just trying to be organized in that way. And it's kind of nice because I can, it's a Google Doc, so I can just call it up on my phone when I'm standing in the store and like, what did I, what idea did I have to get for that person? Or who do I need to get one more thing for? Or whatever it is. Um, so that's just a practical tip. <laughs> I recommend using Google Docs. But anyway, I have my list, I have my Google Docs, and I can get into a little bit of an efficiency frenzy crossing stuff off of my lists and making sure everything is done, right? And I'm, I mean, part of this is super practical because I know I'm going to run out of time. And so I'm trying to be looking ahead and being super practical. But to that point of being practical, I exclude Dan a lot of times in our plans for gifts for people in our lives, including our own kids. And he might have ideas. And I remember one year, I don't remember what was going on, but I was just determined to be hyper-efficient um, for that Christmas. And I had all the kids send me their ideas. And I just like, a lot of the older ones sent me links to things they would like. And I was just like buying like the second they sent me a link, you know, and hardly even thinking about it, not putting a lot of thought into the process, but I had it like all done. And I was proud of this accomplishment, but I hadn't put a lot of thought or care or love into that practice. It was super efficient. And then Dan felt upset because he'd been completely left out of the process. He wanted to plan and choose and be a part of buying some gifts for the people in our lives that we love and care about. And I had completely excluded him from the process. I was like, oh, no, that's all done. <laughs> you know, um, not the best. So leave some room. You know, let go of that idea that you are or should be in control of all the things. Leave some room for God to work. Leave some room for other people to um, be in control of some things or make some decisions about things. Let go of that need to be in control. And I completely understand it, right? Just know that I'm telling you this in love because I completely understand that desire to control because Christmas time is such an overwhelming time of year, especially for moms. Um, and a lot does fall on our shoulders. So there is that temptation to kind of take charge and feel like we can be and should be in control of everything. But you're going to make yourself crazy. You're going to make your family crazy. Check yourself, okay? <laughs> I wanted to finish that with before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Only people of my generation are even going to get that reference. If you don't get it, that's fine. <laughs> Check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's that's number five. <laughs> Anyway, um, and I just want to make the point, and this is such a stupid thing, but it's true, and I know I need the reminder of it pretty much every year. Remind yourself, Christmas is going to come anyway. And those moments where you're struggling for control and feeling like you don't have it, 
or you have too much of it or whatever it is, remind yourself, December 25th is going to come anyway. Baby Jesus is going to come into your mess. We don't do it. It's not us. We can feel like we are making Christmas for our families, but that's an egotistical lie. It's not true. We are not making Christmas, right? Jesus brings Christmas. Jesus is Christmas. And December 25th is going to come on the calendar, whether you're ready or not, whether you've done all your things or not. And it doesn't matter. I know there there are parts of Christmas celebrations that are kind of built in and some parts of it might be disappointments in some way or whatever's falling through or, you know, whatever it is, or you're, you know, financially, you're not able to do some of the things that you want to do. Jesus is coming anyway. Remind yourself of that. Remind yourself that that's the whole point. The fact that Christmas is going to come anyway, and it has actually nothing to do with anything we're doing to make it happen. It's all about Jesus. So remember that. All right. So those are my five different tips for how to have your best Advent ever. Number one, know going in, it won't be perfect. Number two, add something spiritual to your daily routine. Number three, add something fun to your daily routines. Four, plan a gift for Jesus. And number five, just let go of that illusion of control. Maybe you have ideas. I'd love to hear from you about how this Advent season is going for you, what your ideas are, what your plans are for celebrating Advent and Christmas this year, what's working and what's not. Let me know what's going on with you during this Advent season. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is in the show notes at ascensionpress.com for every episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Or you can record a simple voice message on your phone and then email it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love to hear from you and I would love to add your voice to a future show of the Girlfriends podcast. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a little break and be right back. If you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash ascension presents. That's youtube.com slash ascension presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Okay, time for a little feedback. Um, First of all, I want to mention I got a ton, a ton of feedback on episode number 149, which was setting boundaries for your family during the holiday season. Um, okay, we've got some issues, right, people? We've got some issues with setting boundaries. But, you know, I'm not going to share any of the particular feedback. Um, I heard from a number of people who just said they appreciated the show and some people who wanted to share particular things going on in their lives. And um, But not getting into any of those details, I just want to underscore for people, if you haven't already listened to that episode, please do go back and listen to number 149, um, How to Set Boundaries with Your Family Over the Holidays. Because, it truly is an important thing for us to think about and talk about and affirm for one another that you can and should set boundaries. And what's the appropriate way in the loving way, the charitable way, the Christian way to go about doing that? Because so many feelings get wrapped up in it, right? I mean, so many feelings that we have um, for our families and for our in-laws and for the kinds of struggles and conflicts and things we might disagree about and all of that. Um, all can really come to a head over a holiday dinner table or 
at a holiday gathering of some kind. So um, go back and listen to that one. And if you have more feedback for me on that, I would love it. If you have more thoughts or ideas, things you might want me to share, please do send them along to me. But I did just want to mention that that was a really um, a really important talk, topic for people and one that I'm sure we'll be revisiting in different ways because I know it truly is important for us to affirm for each other that we're supposed to be doing that. You, and setting boundaries is a good thing. It's a healthy thing for you personally, but then for your family. And um, something just br briefly I want to mention, because there was one woman in particular who was in her early 30s and was really struggling with this, that that can be a really hard time, especially in a young family, in a young marriage. The idea of even setting boundaries um, can be daunting and scary and standing up for yourself can be daunting and scary. Um, and going against your family of origin in any way, shape or form can be scary and you feel like it's wrong. And it really was truly in my early 30s where I first kind of came to terms with who I am, who my husband is, the family God is calling us to be, and to kind of let go of those other kinds of pressures and expectations and be okay with it. So give yourself some time. If you're not quite there yet, if you're still struggling with it, know that it's normal. And um, and, and this doesn't mean, you know, rejecting our families. But in various ways, it's appropriate to separate yourselves from your families of origin. You know, God said that the, the man and woman would leave their mother and father and come together as one. It's a new thing you and your husband are creating together with your family, and you have every right to establish what that's going to look like. So I just want to encourage you, because I put out that one for Thanksgiving, but for sure, it applies to the coming weeks and celebrations and gatherings that are going to be happening in the weeks ahead. Hi, Danielle. I hope that you're doing great. I love your podcast, so congratulations because of that, and thank you so much for being such a wonderful resource for all women. Um, I have uh, an inquiry for you. Um, I'm a single Catholic woman, 31 years, looking up for having a wonderful husband and kids in the future. And I think so it will be really nice uh, if you might be able to do a theme related like how you can prepare to be ready for receiving that St. Joseph in your life, that future husband and those kids that have been desired in our hearts like for so long, right? We want to be ready to receive and be the best we can be the person, the best person we can be for our future husbands and kids. So how us single ladies can prepare, like, basics that we need, we should, like, work on while we're single so we can be ready. Thank you so much for the wonderful person that you are and the wonderful job for the Lord that you do and uh, the wonderful instrument that you let God be in you. So that was a message that I received from Natalia. So thank you, Natalia, for that message, for your question, for your idea of something you'd like me to take up. And I'll just answer you briefly here right now. First of all, I want to say I am thrilled when I hear from young women, from single women, from people from different walks of life who are listening to the Girlfriends podcast, because 
I don't want it to be for just one kind of Catholic woman or a woman who's at one stage in her life. The things we share about and talk about here at Girlfriends, I really do think apply to women in all different ages and stages of life. So thank you for listening, Natalia. And thank you for reaching out with your question about how to prepare yourself as a single woman, as a young single woman, for a future husband and children that you're hoping for and longing for and praying for in your life. And of course, there's no way, and I talked about this in the most recent podcast um, when we were talking about marriage prep, to honestly be fully prepared for marriage, right? But in a general sense, you absolutely can be preparing yourself for marriage and for motherhood and for married life. Because, I mean, what is marriage? As a vocation, it's making a gift of yourself to others. It's sacrificial living for others, making a gift of yourself to others. And every person in every walk of life is called to do exactly that. It looks different from a a wife who is, you know, in the service of her husband and her children in various ways. Um, But a single woman is called to be of service to the people in her life. Make a practice of thinking about yourself as a gift that you can give to others. Of course, inside of marriage, there's that beautiful um, symbolic gift of self and and actual gift of self that you give to one another through the sexual act, right? Um, so, of course, you're not doing that during your single years, but it that is a reflection of a greater and a more important spiritual truth that you're making a gift of yourself for the sake of others, generously pouring out yourself for others. And every human being is called to do that in various ways. And single women do not have to be putting that gift of themselves on hold until they find the man that they're supposed to marry. They are meant to be giving that gift of themselves to the people that God places in their lives. It might be coworkers, it might be friends, it might be family, it might be people in your neighborhood, in your parish, it might be kids at the school that where you teach. It it might be any, you know, you know. You know the people that God has placed in your life. And if you're feeling confused about how you might be able to do that, in what ways God might be calling you to give of yourself to others, then pray about it. Bring it to prayer. But that is ultimately the best practice for married life is learning to put others before yourself. And, um, you know, I know from people that I know and love who are single that they, the, the, the greatest temptation during your single years is to kind of fall into that naturally almost kind of selfish habits. But you have, you know, you have no reason not to because there isn't somebody right there who's demanding your time and attention and um, you to put their preferences over your own. But you can seek out those opportunities. You can look for opportunities to be sacrificially giving of yourself to others. So um, that's my encouragement and my thought for the best way for single people to prepare themselves for married life is to begin that practice of putting others before yourself. Because honestly, I was blessed in um, in that I got to kind of learn on the job. You know, I graduated college and less than a month later, Dan and I were married. And then a month later, we were pregnant with our first child. Like, it was like, boom. I never had that, that those single years. Um, and Dan and I kind of grew up together. And we kind of learned on the job together in awfully messy ways sometimes how to put the other first, how to give of yourself in sometimes painfully sacrificial ways. But every human being is called to make a gift of themselves to others through their particular vocation. But you don't have to wait. If you feel called to the vocation of marriage, you don't have to wait for your husband to come along before you begin practicing that self-giving 
love, that nurturing love. We've talked before about how uh, St. John Paul II very famously said that every woman is called to be a mother, regardless of her state in life. And some women shirk at that because they're like, I am not a mom. Whether you're single or um, you weren't ever able to have children or whatever the reason is, you're not a mom. But not he's not talking about that. He's talking about the spirituality of motherhood. So rather than using the word mother, which so many people understandably feel excluded by, I like to talk about self-giving love and that all women are called to self-giving love in a uniquely feminine way. And there's no reason in the world why you cannot be practicing your art, your gift of self-giving love with the people that God places in your life, whether you're married or not, whether you have a husband and kids yet or not. It's the greatest way for you to practice being the person that God wants you to be. And it's the best way to practice being a good wife and a good mother, eventually, if that's what God has in mind for you, if that's the plan for your life. It's the best way to prepare for a religious vocation. Um, so keeping that in mind, I just want to encourage you, Natalia, and other people who might find yourself in Natalia's situation of kind of waiting for your vocation, feeling like perhaps the pause button has been hit on your life in various ways, that there's no reason in the world that you cannot be practicing your gifts of self-giving love that God has given to you, and that is absolutely the best way to prepare yourself for a possible future vocation. So Natalia, know that I'll be praying for you. I pray for the listeners of the Girlfriends podcast every week. So know that I'm praying for all of you. And I want to invite all of the Girlfriends listeners to please join me in prayer for Natalia and other young single women who might be listening, um, that they can have peace and feel encouraged in their their calling, in their unique calling, in the unique ways that God is calling them to make a gift of themselves to others that he places in their lives, even today, even before their future vocation might be actualized and realized in their lives. So God bless you, Natalia. Thank you so much for sending me that message. Natalia sent me the message, just like I'm always asking you to, on voicemail. So she just recorded that on her phone and then sent it to my email, danielle at daniellebean.com. Super simple to do. And then I could add your voice to a future episode of Girlfriends or connect with me on social media. I just want to give one last shout out to the Girlfriends Facebook group. If you're not already joining us there, it's a great way to kind of continue the community that we've built here. A great way for you to have access to other people who listen to the Girlfriends podcast is our closed Facebook group. So to join that group, you do need to request and get approved. I'm approving everybody, okay? Until we get spammers in there, everybody's just getting in. If you listen to the Girlfriends podcast, you qualify to be a part of this private group on Facebook. So to join, go to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends podcast and make your request. We have the link in the show notes always at ascensionpress.com. So we'll be connecting there. And in the meantime, thanks for being here. Thanks for making the time to be a part of the Girlfriends community. Your presence here means so much to me. I'm so grateful for the fact that you're listening. I'm grateful for your feedback, of course, but I'm also just grateful for the fact that you're tuning in and that you are a vital part of the Girlfriends community. Thanks so much for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 